0: Computer initialize Hollow Suite. We've heard that from you before.
1: You're beginning to lose credibility. Thank you for joining us on The Janeway, the Voyager podcast where my Weapon of Mass Destruction co-host Liam Smart and I, Suzanne Williamson, look at Voyager episodes to work out whether our favourite captain has approached things in the right way, the wrong way, or the Janeway. And Liam, it looks like we're not alone here.
2: No, there's something weird to my left. As I look at it on screen. It's to my right. Where's well, above you... They're on top of you, Suzanne <laughs> Literally on top of you With their yes! weapon of mass destruction <laughs> I mean, Who Who Sweet. is it? I can't quite see I should put my glasses on
0: uh, It's it's me Hello Who, who are you? Uh, I, I'm, I'm Brandy Jackal.
2: Hello Brand, Brandy Dutrell
0: Brandy Dutrell I'm Brandy Dutrell
2: <laughs> You may remember you from such things as Every fucking podcast about Star Trek Under the Sun <laughs>
0: I wish. I wish I had time for that. I would cover every single series.
2: You pretty much do, don't you?
0: No. No, I don't. (laughs) I cover maybe four.
2: (laughs) Wow. That's a bit. But yes, we are joined by Brandy today. Uh, before we get started though with the episode, why not give us a follow on Twitter at the Jane underscore way and also join our Facebook community for our listeners called The Nexus where you can discuss this episode and the episodes of all the other shows we have on Holosuite Media, including Beyond Farpoint, which is our new TNG podcast. If it comes out in time when this episode's released, I'm not sure, but if it's not tough shit, listen to it when it comes out. Suzanne, how are you first this week? Have, have you gotten over your tax from last fortnight's episode?
1: Yes, tax, I've got, we've actually gotten our monies. Oh,
2: good. From the tax. I'm sure our so listeners good. have been like waiting to hear that.
1: <laughs> Does Suzanne have her money yet? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes, I have my $5. Thank you,
2: US government. Well done.
1: And how are you doing? Me?
2: I'm fine. I've got like two weeks until my furniture goes as of this recording. So when this recording comes out, my furniture will be gone and my mic will be gone uh, which will be horrifying
1: are Are you going with your furniture
2: oh no i'm just putting my furniture at the bottom of the gulf out at sea and that's probably where For i'm gonna fishes. go with the fishes yeah to be quite honest with you <laughs> it's so much so much work what i'm doing right now but it's a lot of fun i'm enjoying it this and brandy yeah how, how are you doing why don't you introduce yourselves to our listeners because but then again if they haven't heard who you are then
0: i don't know where the hell have yeah. they been i'm well for the most part um my work is about to enter the most horrifying time of the year because i work for a lawn fertilization company so it's about to get ugly this too shall pass it will yes
2: it's the lawns erosion season
0: I was going to say things are about to get fertilized. Mm-hmm. We're about to get growing up in there. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's I. It's so many it's just things to say. So many, so many, so very many. But yeah, other than that, I'm I'm well. I'm just uh, enjoying. I'm actually enjoying <laughs> having a reason to not leave the house
3: <laughs> because
0: I'm an introvert, and so that's my favorite place to be is home. <laughs>
2: Right next to your 12-foot-tall Spock statue.
0: Oh, no, he's six feet tall. He's he's mm. regular size. Oh, okay. Because he, Ethan, like- <laughs> Ethan Peck is six feet tall. This is how I know.
2: It's Everything's to scale, Brandy. Everything's mm. to scale.
3: <laughs> right.
2: Sure. Mm-hmm. So, before we get started on the episode for Trail, because this is the episode that you chose you wanted to come on for for some reason... Can you tell the people man. who listen, yeah, oh man indeed. The people who listen, uh, what your I guess relationship with Voyager is.
0: My relationship with Voyager is is a troubled one because <laughs> I am fortunately I'm unfortunately one of those people who's in an area where when it was first airing, it was interrupted countless times by sporting events and whatnot. And so I only, I saw all of season one and all of season two, but starting with season three, they kept moving it around, they kept preempting it, and then they would show an episode at three in the morning and DVRs weren't a big thing yet. So I, I missed like probably half of seasons three through seven. So, you know, I would, I would see parts of it and I'd be like, great, great, great. Oh, now it's preempted again. So... It was very frustrating. Where the hell
1: did Kes go? What's Yeah, i like, on? I
0: didn't see the season finale of season four. Is that when we get Seven of Nine? Three. Three. Okay, so I hadn't seen the season finale of three, so I have never seen the whole stuff with Seven of Nine, because I'm finally going through it again, and I'm sticking to it this time and watching at least one episode a week and I'm really enjoying myself. I'm enjoying rediscovering this thing that I really enjoyed the first time it was running. I just couldn't ever frickin' find it.
2: Well, that's really good then that you're watching it. You finally get to see the episode where the Borg boob turns up, so.
0: Oh, goody. I'm really looking forward to that. Thank you.
2: You're welcome. Yeah, so Jutrell is mm-hmm. an episode. It is. <laughs> when I asked whether you'd like to come on, you are like, I want to do Threshold, which is obvious. But I'm like, do you want to come on season one? <laughs> We've got these season one episodes left. Which one do you want to do? And you're like, Jutrell. And I'm like, really? <laughs> really? This is not an episode that will go great with the format of our show. <laughs> but so you were going to
0: cover it anyway, so might as well true. be with me.
2: So why why have you decided to choose Detroit to come on with us?
0: Well... I, it's one of the few times where I feel like Neelix really gets a lot to do mm-hmm. that is not annoying stuff. And I am very passionate about James Sloyan as an actor who plays Jitrell. And he's been in Star Trek plenty of other times as different aliens. Yeah. I love the man. I, ever since I was a child, every time he popped up on some television show, I'm like, Oh, it's James Sloyan. I knew his name and everything. And I just, whenever he does anything, he just commits fully. And I appreciate that about him. And he brings, he brings a, if you'll forgive the phrase, a humanity to this character who could just easily be your typical, oh, I'm just doing this for my own glory, sort of thing. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really a bad guy, and I'm trying to get something from Voyager and from Neelix, and it really, I mean, they they set him up to look a bit suspicious, yeah. But uh, and he just, you know, he he gets some really hard stuff to do in this episode, a hard character to play, and he does it. I feel brilliantly. So. Oh. Oh, well, that's fair.
2: Well, we're glad you're on, aren't we, yes, Suzanne? Yes, yes, said. Yes. Yeah, she
0: better say yes. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you mean?
2: <laughs> I mean, it's, it's tough. She's here now. We've got to record with her even if you didn't like it.
1: Oh, but I just
0: recorded with her
1: last
2: week.
0: I know. Oh, yes. It was such a chore. <laughs> it was.
3: Well. It
0: was.
2: <laughs> Why do you record with Brandy?
1: Uh, we have a little show called
2: Boldly Go, A Strange New
1: Worlds Podcast.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Which has got casting information today.
0: Yeah. Why well, yes. couldn't they do that
2: last week before we recorded? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got to record again. How don't you?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. We'll figure that out. Yeah. eventually.
2: Well, tune in to Boldly Go anyway for um, Boldly Go, Strange New Worlds stuff. It's a, a good podcast. I enjoy listening to it. It is oh, very nice. funny. With the two Thank you. This episode we're doing today is Detroit. Um, it's been given 7.3 stars out on IMDb. Really? Which isn't bad.
1: Yeah. Hmm. What do you mean, really? <laughs> because they've given, like, lower scores to, I think, better episodes.
2: So I think it's worth 7.3. There's flaws, but I think it's... I reckon it's on the money. It's not like some of the other ones that they've like completely gone all over the place with. Mm. Um, but yeah. Synopsis. Neelix is diagnosed with a fatal illness by a Harkonian named Drutrell. The same mam, <laughs> apparently it's a mam, because <laughs> there's a spelling error.
3: He's a mammal.
2: developed a doomsday weapon, which destroyed a Talaxian moon and killed Neelix's family. So you already from that, you know, it's, you know, pretty, pretty dark. I didn't find any interesting reviews on this episode, mainly because I'm only looking right this very second as we are recording, because I forgot that that's something that I wanted to do. And Way to go. This one is started off saying you have angered the space cheater. <laughs> <laughs> what?
3: what? Who's the this space is, this cheater? Is what the,
2: yep. The review starts off, this episode is an 8 out of 10. You have angered the space cheater. Jeez, that's worth it. Anyway, are you ready to start? I thought we already did. Well, I was in, like, going through the episode. Uh, Um, Yeah. And yes. yes. So, in the cold open, we start off in the sex cabin. We've gone back to the sex cabin for the first time in a few episodes.
1: But the sex cabin this time is, like, super smoky. What the hell is with that?
2: Well, sometimes you don't want to see who you're boning, let's face it.
0: (laughs) Uh, that's what paper bags are for. Right? Or blindfolds.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just move your mask up. <laughs> yep,
0: I have actually done that before. While I, I was pulling up my mask too far, and I was just like, "Am I doing it right?" It's like covering my entire face. I can't see anything. Hey, it, it could work as a blindfold. So, Brand
2: Brandy's ready for the sex cabin, then.
0: I'm so ready.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, we're in the sex cabin. Neelix and two rocker playing pool. So Neelix is like, I can't take a shot. So Tom explains the concept of a safety shot to them, which obviously comes back later on in the episode. And Tuvok tries to logic the way of doing (laughs) a particular shot, which is supposed to be really hard. And he totally fucks it up and puts it straight into the corner pocket.
1: Wouldn't he have noticed that the table is not quite level? I think Tuvok would have noticed that. The table would have
2: to be like that. It would have to be like full on like slanted.
0: Tuvok would have noticed that it's not. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think I so. I feel like
0: he would have, yeah. But he so plays pool like so. me. My dad taught me how to play pool. We had a pool table growing mm. up. Mm. And he never taught me a, uh, the concept of uh, safety.
2: <laughs> no, me neither. I just try and so, shoot the fucking things into a hole.
0: Yeah, basically, <laughs> if uh, if there was no shot, generally somebody would take a bank shot and try and bounce it off enough quarters to hit a mm-hmm. ball yeah. mm-hmm. and enough bumpers. And so, so we never took safety shots. We just didn't, yeah. it wasn't a thing we did in our house. No. And the day that I actually beat my dad on my own merits was like one of the best days of my life. Cause he never let us win. Never. <laughs> and that's a good lesson mm-hmm. because you know, if you can, you, you learn by failing, especially with pool and so the more that i lost the more i was determined to someday beat my dad and it i was a teenager before it happened but i got there
2: i never learn i always lose and on the times that i do lose i tell jordan it's a practice game and when i do win (laughs) it's an actual game
3: (laughs) of course (laughs) but it's just a practice shot (laughs)
2: <laughs> Tuvok will blame the uh, ship stabilizers, and I do that as well with Jordan. I'm like, no, 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 your table's wonky, and it wouldn't <laughs> surprise me in the sex cabin if the table's wonky because the amount of times that oh, you in know, Tom's probably jumped on there, it's yeah, got to be sticky. Oh, <laughs> you know
1: that table's sticky.
2: Oh, Suzanne,
1: <laughs> it's in the sex cabin. It's a,
2: table, not just for pool <laughs> it's a table not just for pool balls. It's a table not just for pool
3: balls.
0: No. Yeah, the the thing the scary thing is is you don't know for sure what that sticky is. Mm. Cuz nobody's going to test it, nobody. <laughs> nobody.
2: Can you imagine someone from the science department comes up like, "We've got an unknown liquid on the pool table." <laughs>
0: It's a strange viscosity. It's like, let me just get a sample for study.
2: So then uh, Neelix gets called to the bridge away from uh, the pool scene and out at the sex cabin. So up on the bridge, there's a subspace message for Neelix, which is like, why? Why Why would you send something to Neelix? He's the idiot of the ship. So Neelix says that it's a Harkonian. And then we get some little bit of the backstory about how 15 years ago, Talax... Was conquered by the Harconians, and that the moon of Rhinax was destroyed. That uh, Janeway decides to answer the hail because they're like, why is the Harconians contacting us, and uh, they said that Neelix's life depends on what this random Harconian dude has to say.
0: Okay, here's here's my first problem: is that I can't stop thinking Harkonnen from Dune. So <laughs>
3: <laughs> really? that wasn't my problem. Yep.
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, every time someone says Harkonian, I'm like, you mean Harkonnen? <laughs> Baron Harkonnen's at- here? What?
2: <laughs> ha- House Harkonnen, Harkonnen was
0: the mortal enemy of House Atreides.
2: Oh, he's not very pretty, is he?
0: No, he's not.
2: Mm-hmm. No. Ooh, it was it looks, he kind of looks like Jabba the Hutt of like the Dune. Kind of <sighs>
0: yeah, it's icky. We'll see mm. how he looks in the new Dune.
2: Cool. But it be played by Tom Holland. I'm going to see that Tom Holland movie this afternoon. I've got no idea what it's about. But it's got Tom Holland and I think Nick Jonas in it. And that's enough to sell me on a movie.
0: Yeah, see, I'm the one who doesn't think Nick Jonas is the cute one. so <laughs> I don't think any of the
1: Jonas's are all that attractive.
2: The middle one is. Yeah,
0: it's just... <sighs> mm. But Tom Holland, yeah.
2: Oh, God. <laughs> Tom Holland I'll take in any situation. Anywhere. Anytime.
0: I'm too old for him. You know, oh, I'm no. old enough to be his mom, so.
2: I'm probably old enough yeah, to be his dad. same. But I don't think so.
0: <laughs> He's like 23. You're not old enough to be his dad.
2: Oh, God. Oh, yeah. no, 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 I'm not. Nope, there was no baby-making juices at that age. Uh, back to the episode. Oh, no. You have Before your problem. Move on,
1: <laughs> I have... This has to be like a Janeway decision. Because wouldn't you oh, ask okay. the name of the person trying inquiring about uh, one of your crew members before calling said crew member up to the bridge. No.
2: I mean, wouldn't that be etiquette? I suppose? Why- Excuse me, sir, may I inquire as to your name before you speak to my crew? It's
1: like, at least ask what you want with them. Protect him. Pre- wouldn't you protect anybody? What if- I, I, It just seems weird.
2: Okay. Yes. I didn't think. It's, I didn't even think of that.
0: It it would have been more polite for Gitrell to just offer the information, like someone comes to your house to call and and they put their card on the silver platter, <laughs> and the silver platter yeah. is brought to you, and you look oh, yes. at the card and oh yes, okay, show them into to the to the sunroom. I receive them in the <laughs> sunroom. Wow.
2: <laughs> I receive Tom Holland in the sunroom. <laughs>
1: I'll bet you will. If we're receiving people, can I have Mads Mikkelsen?
0: <laughs>
2: I don't know who that is, but sure.
0: Oh, you do, <gasps> you do. You just don't know that you know.
2: Okay, this is a, this is a Google time. Um. Uh. Oh, it looks familiar. Have you seen Doctor you- Strange?
0: Oh, here. His... Have you seen Hannibal? Yes.
2: Yeah, no, I know who it is. Yeah, he's yeah, been in everything.
0: I'm just still taking Ethan Peck. That's just my number one. <coughs>
2: mm-hmm. Oh, there we go. We can we can all receive someone in the sunroom together.
0: <laughs> together,
2: wow.
1: Okay. Sunroom
2: slash sex cabin.
1: I was gonna say it has to be the sex cabin then.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the pool table. We'll make it extra sticky. <laughs>
0: I'll take the back booth.
2: (laughs) Brandy will have the bar.
0: (laughs) I was just going to say I'll have the bar. (laughs) (laughs) You read my mind.
2: Uh, I know where where your Ethan Peck antics come
0: from. (laughs) Yes, you sure do.
2: (laughs) So the random dude that we don't know the name of yet says that Neelix's life depends on what he has to say. And when Neelix is there, he calls himself Jotrell. Mm-hmm. And the Neelix, once he's realised who it is, looks like he's about to like rage quit the whole entire show. Or like throw his, up. his face was like thunder felt. Looks like he yeah, yeah was gonna explode. Oh, we didn't go back on your Janeway thing. Sorry. Wh- what did you want to call that the wrong way? Just because of etiquette? I do want to call that a wrong way.
1: Okay. She's not protecting her crew.
2: She's probably just thinking, "Oh fuck it, it's Neelix. Who cares?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can get a better chef. Take him.
2: <laughs> it's like, I just want my coffee substitutes not to be like runny shit.
3: <sighs>
2: so then we go to the credits after this because, you know, we've got to have a little big break in between the cold open. And I would like to know what Randy thinks about the credits.
3: I
0: love of the Voyager. credits. Mm-hmm. I, I never skip them because I love the theme song. It's the Do you think best it's the theme most-
2: song. Do you think it's the nicest and best theme song and imagery? Uh,
0: that don't make me choose favorites. You know how hard that oh, is for me. Oh, I know. So I just, but I do adore it. I love the visuals. I love, but I love the. It's got such great theme music. I think from that era of Trek, it has the best theme music. I will Agreed. say that. And but again, it's difficult for me to elevate one above all else because I love it all. But. Yeah, I do really love the Voyager opening.
2: I get it stuck in my head a fair bit. I just start singing it.
0: Oh, I do that. I do that at work.
2: And Only when some- I'm alone, though. Stuck <laughs> <laughs> like in the shower. And sometimes like other songs morph into it. So this morning I was singing that random You Raise Me Up song, and it sort of turned into <laughs> Voyager. So, so-
0: that's quite <laughs> nice Voyager now, raises you did. up. Mm-hmm.
2: It does. It, it
0: doesn't. It raise us all up. Yes,
2: it does. Yeah. Gives it us is. a reason to get our voices out in the world and actually have people listen to us, which I do still find weird.
0: It is odd. Mm. Yes, especially when I'm
1: constantly losing my voice doing this podcast.
2: <laughs> it's because you're having so much fun. Yes.
0: That is it, yes. Don't say <laughs> that. Oh, 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 oh. Wow. oh awkward. <gasps> awkward. Wow.
2: Have to find a new co-host then, clearly. Gosh. <laughs> N- no, I don't want to do that. Uh, so after the credits, we're going to Neelix's quarters, which I think are Neelix's quarters. They were Quite huge. Sure. I know. Why have they given him a huge quarters? Does he share them with Kess?
1: Is that is that why?
0: No, that that thing is, is though, they don't share quarters. Is yogurt in there somewhere?
2: <laughs> He's got his own Cheeto <laughs> Cheeto shrine.
0: <laughs> that just reminds me, I have a half finished bag of crunchy Cheetos in my bag.
2: <laughs> give him, give Kay. him to yogurt. Yes,
0: from okay. Balls. I will do that. I will create a shrine and offer them. To yogurt. <laughs> if
2: you need any help, ask Cass.
0: <laughs> I will. I will indeed. I I actually saw Spaceballs in the theatre, y'all. I'm that old, so. Oh,
2: wow. Mm -hmm.
1: Liam has never seen it, have you?
2: No, I haven't. Yeah. I know. It's got Tim in it. it. Does it? Yes.
0: Yes, Yes, it does.
2: Oh.
0: He has one of the best lines.
2: Well, (sighs) I'll have to consider watching it when I find the time. I'll, uh find a legal way of watching it
0: i'm sure you will mm-hmm.
2: so in those uh, large penthouse suite of voyager neelix is yelling <laughs> that he's a mass murderer and i'm like oh we're we going down this kind of episode are we one of those like dark episodes that voyager will pull out which is probably the darkest episode so far
0: mm-hmm.
2: really of voyager in season one at least and We find the backstory of Rhinox and we get to find out all about the Metreon cascade and weapons of mass destruction, which is what we kind of incorporated into our rewrite, Suzanne. Yes. Of season one and season two for Neelix. Which is, I really like the backstory of Neelix and it kind of makes me feel a little bit, I guess, sad and sorry for him to know that he's such like a happy sort of character on the outside, but on the inside he's just so... Broken, in a way. Like Robin Williams.
3: Mm. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's... kind of just want to give him a hug. So we find out that it was Jatrell that actually created the weapon that's kind of like for the Metreon cascade, Mm -hmm. and then he realized that this episode is sort of almost like the analogy for one of the nuclear bombs that Oppenheimer created.
1: Yeah, I was going to say Jatrell is Oppenheimer.
0: Mm. Agree. Yep. He absolutely is. I even have that and on my notes. Jatrell so and Oppenheimer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> basically, if you want to generalize it, Jitrell is the U.S. and Neelix is Japan. Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. So, Rinax is Hiroshima or Nagasaki.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it would probably be Hiroshima because unless they u- were going to use a second weapon, and that's probably why Talix surrendered unconditionally. Mm-hmm. So because because that was the thing, the allies are like, you, you guys need to surrender unconditionally. And they're like, ha ha. And that's then they dropped the bomb on them. Yeah. And mm-hmm. to prove that they had, you know, everybody's like, well, they only had one. It's fine. And then so they had to drop the second one to prove that mm-hmm. they did have more than one. That's their <laughs> that's their reasoning for it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really feel like it was necessary. No. And uh, anyway, War's an awful thing.
2: I mm-hmm. oh, will get into that later. That's for sure. War never changes. <laughs> no.
0: You know what? That's the second time someone has d- s- given me some kind of fallout for reference. <laughs> <laughs> one more, and it's a pattern. <laughs> Eileen's like, I don't know what you're talking about.
2: <laughs> I know it's. A, I know it's a game, and that you're obsessed with it. Who isn't?
0: <laughs> yes, it's one of my favorite games ever.
2: Oh. I don't really play games. I don't have time. So we found out Rhynax was a sort of almost like a tropical sort of place, beautiful sun and scenery, etc. And it was turned into some frigid cold wasteland. 300,000 people were killed. In the meantime, uh, Neelix was on Talax, whilst all of Neelix's family was on Rhynax, which means that all of his family is basically dead. And he was explaining all of this to Janeway and Kate Mulgrew's acting in this just with her face you mm-hmm. can feel just how much she feels for neelix and just how hurt neelix is and my god ethan phillips acting through that, that, that so damn well. makeup holy mm-hmm. crap mm-hmm. such a great i job. don't think people people give neelix a lot of shit and neelix does deserve it and we've given a lot of shit to him <laughs> ourselves haven't we Susan? So yes. really and shall continue but- to do so that, and guess we will. But where credit where it's due, the writers are probably most of the problem with that. Because Ethan Phillips acting in this, yeah. and to give Neelix an episode of this nature, you could have had a completely different character in Neelix. Mm-hmm. But they they went with the, we're going to make this the funny man.
0: Oh, the wasted potential.
2: hmm mm-hmm. I mean, yes, you do need a bit of comedy in a show, but...
0: It doesn't all have to be one person.
2: No, no, you don't have to make him the clown, exactly. Mm -mm. So you go over to the transporter room, and when Juchel arrives, he basically compliments the transporter tech, which (laughs) I thought at the time was a bit weird. I'm like, hmm, that's a bit strange.
1: Everybody loves
2: the transporter. Yeah. But But why wouldn't these people have that kind of technology? I don't know, because remember when Neelix came on, he was like, whoa. But they've they've, they've yeah. created space travel. Like, they'd know how to manipulate stuff on the quantum level. The
1: Kasons can fly starships, but they can't
2: make water. Oh, yeah, true. Maybe the Delta Quadrant is, like, full of contradictory intelligence.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, even the Enterprise NX-01... Did not really trust transporters or use them except when they absolutely had no choice.
2: <laughs> I suppose, yeah, the, the morality of disassembling yourself.
0: Yeah. As well. Yeah, that's a lot of trust. It is a lot of trust. And uh, I can't say that I would be the first one to step into it when it hadn't been tested for a very long time. You know, by the time we get to the original series, the transporters are at least 100 years old, so we're yeah. good. Mm
2: hmm. True. I mean, I wouldn't mind if I went into a transporter and it forgot to give me a fair few amount of <laughs> molecules back. I'd be like, yeah, take it. <laughs> I wouldn't oh, mind. Oh, my
0: goodness. I'm like two sizes smaller. Thank you. <laughs> Where are my lungs? I need my <laughs> lungs. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: like, nah, I just have gills. <laughs> oh, I suppose it could end up like two Vicks, I suppose. Ooh, there's a
1: problem. You would suppose. have to be carrying an orchid for that to happen.
2: Oh,
0: that's true. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it's not going to work.
2: Yeah. Mm. Uh, so yeah, Jaime says that Neelix doesn't want to meet and that she will speak on his behalf. Whereas Dratrell says that he thinks Neelix returned to nu- he thinks Neelix returned to Rhinox and that he was exposed to some high concentration of those metrion particles and has some form of fatal disease or something. Mm-hmm. And then when he was explaining how the disease worked, he go- he says that it is basically fission. And it's like, fucking hell, like, those molecules are just ripping apart. All the atoms on a subatomic level are just going, phew. What an awful way to die. I've seen that that could even be worse than a nuclear bomb, in a way.
0: I don't know. Nuclear bombs are pretty bad. They're both Mm
3: -mm.
2: pretty bad. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm not trivializing. This is probably the point where we should say that whilst The um, the Janeway is a show that's generally about stupid shit... (laughs) We aren't attempting to trivialize nuclear war, genocide, weapons of mm. mass destructions and things like that. So I probably should make that clear before we go any further. Mm-hmm. We do not condone weapons of mass destruction unless said weapons of mass destructions are in pants.
0: Yes. Then please use that weapon of mass destruction on me. If... <laughs> but use it responsibly damn it responsibly well I'm barren so that's fine
2: (laughs) please use please provide consent before using your WMD
0: yes definitely need consent
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I mean even the US got consent from Britain before they dropped the bone bomb on Hiroshima drop the bone (laughs) (laughs) sorry Freudian slip my word (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is terrible um you i'm so sorry that you guys let me come on the show i'm so sorry
3: <laughs> yeah
2: we are sorry to, no we're not <laughs> uh so i think jamie at this point i've written down that she's p- tries to persuade neelix i, I don't Really know if that was at that point. I might have written it down at the wrong spot, but in the mess hall, Neelix is sort of what looks like moving cabbage and onion around in a No, bowl it or was something. turnips.
1: He was mashing turnips. Turnips. Was it turnips? With a ladle. Mm-hmm. That was really weird. <laughs> so I'm why like, that is a ladle?
0: <laughs> Why don't you have a masher? You know, exactly. like a How could you tell it was a turnip? It looked like turnips. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, see, I don't think I've ever seen a turnip. <laughs>
0: Well, Google it right now, and you'll understand. Yeah, match turnips. No, but are I mean, good. like,
2: I've seen a, t- I've seen a turnip on the internet. I just don't think I've ever seen a turnip in real life. I kind of lump them along the same side as parsnips. Who mm. the fuck's seen a parsnip?
1: I've seen a parsnip. Yeah, well, yeah, I've eaten parsnips.
2: Oh, I mean, mm-hmm. yes, I have eaten parsnip, and I find them gross. But yeah, turnips, never I eaten t- one, and I don't think I've ever seen one in real life.
0: It's okay. It's okay. You don't have to like turnips or parsnips or any of the above. Root vegetables. Okay, we get it. You don't (laughs) like them. It's all good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. This is your fault for letting me (laughs) go.
2: So, (laughs) Kess is talking to Neelix, and Kess says that she was never told about and which... I don't know whether that's fair enough. I mean, some things in our past we don't always tell our partners because sometimes they're too shitty to bring up. Oh, um, yeah. But I think with this whole Rynax thing, it might explain a couple of things about Neelix's character to Kess. Whether she had the right to know about it or not, I don't know. But I find, again, that Kess reacted to that really well. Mm hmm. And then she's like, she wasn't angry that she didn't tell, or she didn't. She wasn't angry that she didn't get told. She wasn't pissed off at him. She wasn't like, "You should have told me." She was just there and comforting. And again, that's just such a kiss. nature. That is that who is she Kes is. And-
0: she's wise way beyond her years. Yeah,
2: definitely, she's mu- she's much more mature than Nelix is. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, which well, is why I still much. don't. I don't get that pairing. I've never gotten mm. that pairing. <laughs> it's just, no. I was just like, wait, what?
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, the human construct of age aside, the, mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's a very weird one. Um, so at this point, Janeway walks in and and she's says, "Oh, I'm sorry. I've got to give you some disturbing news." And then Neelix is like, "Oh, yeah." Nothing will disturb me any more than today already is. And it's like,
3: well, oh, you're dying, you mate. Would think.
2: You've got a <laughs> fatal disease. You've got metremia. Oh. Which it's just like, oh man, this episode just got even darker. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And of course my first thought was, well, how are they gonna keep Neelix from dying? Because obviously he's <laughs> in the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. They've done so it before the when they took hard. his lungs. Yes. Yeah.
2: What a compromised immune system he has. <laughs> Get him a vaccine, quick. So Janeway then tells him and she clearly does it in private with him, but Kess is there, and was it the right thing to do to talk about it when Kess is there, seeing as Kess didn't know about Rhinox or anything?
1: I don't think Janeway has signed off on a HIPAA paperwork, so I don't <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't think that comes into <laughs> Factor with her
2: no probably not <laughs> i'll move on from that one because it wasn't really a decision but like kes wants to have him see sorry kes wants to have him go and see Jatrell and neelix is furious about it but jamie says that she believes Jatrell. neelix is wholly skeptical over it thinking that basically he wants to try and make things right with for himself but then jamie starts to force the choice
1: I think the only reason that Janeway was
2: forcing it was because when she was talking to Jotrell,
1: she got kind of a science boner.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. That is true.
2: <laughs> that is a hundred percent true. Yeah. Definitely. I've got I've got ooh, let me science in this mm-hmm. so many times. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I think I feel like a lot of the decisions that she makes in this episode are because she has a science boner.
2: Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: She just the can't help boner. herself. Hmm.
2: So I mean forcing the issue, what do you think it is the right way? Because it's sort of like you're dying mate going to attempt to get some help or not?
0: <sighs> I don't think so.
2: You don't think it's the right way? No. What do you think, Brandy?
0: I think it's the Jane way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't I don't think it's the right way either. But neither no. do I think it's the wrong way. So that leaves the Jane way. Yeah.
2: Kind of does. So, I mean, you're thinking that she wants to have her science boner, and at the same time, she might be able Neelix. to save Neelix. Yeah. yeah, but really, it's mostly for science boner. It is science. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, that, that, that does fall under the Janeway mark, having a cake and eating it, having a boner and eating it, right. Like, you know. <laughs> oh, Please got don't eat the boner. Oh, no. Oh, no, I didn't even do that one on purpose. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I didn't even do that on... <laughs> I didn't even do that on purpose.
0: I know, because you were just too casual about it. And I thought, doesn't he realise what he just said? <laughs> uh, mm. Yeah.
2: Anyway, that's the Janeway. <laughs> <laughs> so the next scene, we go to the meeting room where we find Janeway, Jotrell and Neelix sitting in there, almost sort of in the dark in a way, which is kind of weird writing. And then weird. they find out the science of about how things are happening. And, yeah, Janeway's boner just got even bigger. Mm. Huh. <laughs> Neelix just wants to know why Jutrell's doing it. And they sort of talk about guilt, whereas Jutrell says that, no, he is not guilty. I'm the one who's developed the weapon. I'm not the one choosing to use it, which are almost like paraphrases in a way, some of the things that Oppenheimer said about yeah. the nuclear bomb. Exactly. It's like, yeah. I am not guilty. I don't regret it that's my job i do things for the science
1: yeah somebody was
3: going to invent it mm.
0: yeah that's that's the thing that bothers me is he is jutrell does say the science was going to lead to this anyway it was going to be invented whether i was involved or not and i thought yeah but you could have chosen not to be involved
3: yeah mm.
0: you could have chosen that but you didn't because you had a science boner <laughs> damn those science boners
2: Oh, I sometimes get science boners at work. Very awkward. Yeah. <laughs> um, the problem with that, though, is he is right. It's like, who is the right person to invent something so bad? Because if somebody who's like an absolute wank stain invents something like that, they could take it further. But then again, like, what's further than something that of an annihilating that destructive all those people. scale? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, it's an easy way out to say that I, I, the one that developed it, I didn't choose to use it. It's an easy way out for them. Mm-hmm. And some people can believe what they say, and they can force themselves to Donald believe Trump. it. Because they're...
0: Yeah. <coughs> <laughs> I thought I could go a week without hearing that man's name. No. <sighs> Apparently not.
2: Nope. Janeway then goes, fellas, we're not here to debate history. Which... I'm wanting to say is the right way because she that argument could just go on and on and on, and nobody is going to win that argument. She just wants
1: to get to the science. Mm.
2: Yeah, (laughs) that's all she wants. She
3: doesn't want to be blue before. (laughs) Sweet,
1: sweet science.
2: (laughs) Mm. I'm. Do you think though it's the right way? Just sort of keeping the conversation on track the way she did. I think so. You just don't. You really think it's just science, the science way.
0: Yeah, it is the science way. Oh, no, I'm the deciding factor. Yeah, that's what we do.
2: It's always handy when we've got a a, a deciding factor.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We Um, could do
2: half a point, half a point.
0: Oh, we're doing (laughs) half points again. (laughs) Okay, because I'm just, I'm kind of torn. Because I think that it's partly the right way and partly the Jane way. I think she's covering two things at once.
1: Which is the Jane way?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't. I've spoken. I have made my decision. Okay. It shall I've stand. I've half
2: pointed it. I've half Thank pointed you. it then. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Appreciate
3: you.
2: You're welcome. Uh, so, Neelix would rather die than to help relieve Dutrell's conscience. Mm-hmm. Which is a very powerful thing To say Also quite short-sighted in a way But then we get, jump to sickbay to find out That Neelix has eventually agreed Because the whole thing about Don't you want to help the other Talaxians
3: mm-hmm. so And using then sort of Guilt Neelix
2: into, into, into it. helping Aleve mm. Oh okay. I can't think of
3: his
1: name Jutrell's guilt
2: Yes on the, like, on the bio bed thing Neelix is starting to talk about some Rhinox rat thing <laughs> And it turns out to be like a really sassy analogy of like, yeah, I developed this thing to kill this horrible beast Rhinox rat thing. And it turns out that it was only just a life and it was not scary at all once he'd injured Mm -hmm. it. And he didn't realize how other people would suffer and other things would suffer from his thing. And it's like a very thinly veiled jab at Jatrell. Extremely thinly veiled Mm-hmm.
0: And and I love how Jatrell just says, "Are you done?" Yeah. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like you're not fooling <laughs> It's me. like, mm. yeah, he knew what he was doing. Did anyone find it weird that when Neelix laid down on the bio bed, that the doctor covered his just his shoes? Yes. Why did it's he like, cover his shoes? Yeah. Are not his, his night feet night. going to get cold? I mean, what was the point of having I any d- kind of covering at all? Or at least take your shoes off because that's right.
2: gross. Well, this begs the question then. Last, or a couple of episodes ago in Cathexis, mm-hmm. they covered Chakotay's naked body all the way up to his nips.
1: Yeah, they covered his nips.
2: Yeah, but why couldn't they just leave it by his feet, <gasps> <Suzanne? Yes. laughs>
1: Because Janeway would have been touching more than his shoulders at that point. So much.
0: <laughs> she would have been, she would have Cressing had a real legs. science boner there. <laughs> yep. It's
1: for science. Yes. It's for science. I'm just doing the touch therapy, doctor. Just touch therapy.
2: Can Everywhere. you feel this? <laughs> <laughs> How yeah,
3: about I here? Saw-
0: I just thought, okay, if someone's fully clothed, why is there going to be a covering of any part of their body? There is no reason to do that. It's such a weird thing. (laughs) I didn't even see that. (laughs)
2: Um, But at the end of this, yeah, Jatrell says that um, Neelix has matremia and that also Jatrell. Oh, no, we don't find out Jatrell has it yet. We just find out that Neelix has matremia, which is sad, but that was obviously where this episode was going. Yes. Back into Neelix's quarters, and um, we goes into a story about hiding pain, etc. And Kess is like, You don't need to protect me, Neelix, which is kind of a nice thing to do to protect your partner, but yeah, I don't know. I is again it just goes back to that weird sort of relationship that they have. Yeah, he tries to shield
1: her from way too many things.
3: Mm
2: like, possessively, yeah, in a way. And it's it's hard to take your mind off of everything else that's happened in every other episode when you're looking at this, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but as I said, yeah, she's probably more mature than Neelix and can handle that kind of stuff. And then they talk about that, I didn't know you'd live for nine years, and I didn't know people could live for longer than nine years, and that they should cherish the time that they have together, which... Ew. Reminds me. Sorry. Ew. I'm sorry. Ew. <laughs> it's funny because it reminds me of the time when the doctors decided I had bone cancer, and then I spent three days thinking I had bone cancer and I was going to die, and it what? turned out that it was just a blockage in a vein. Um, but they thought I had bone cancer, and Good I was like God. talking to Jordan and making all of these like decisions about like what needs to be done, etc. And Etc. And he was just like, "No, we'll just cherish the time we have together if you have it." Blah blah blah. And yeah, I didn't have bone cancer in the end. <sighs> but, <sighs> but yeah, so it's sort of like a weird thing. But I also kind of felt really like, "Oh, it's so kind of cute," when they were talking about that. What's your face doing, Suzanne? Have you frozen?
3: No, I'm just. <laughs>
1: I'm still
0: processing
1: this. <laughs> She's oh, processing
0: yeah. the bone cancer thing.
1: Yeah, oh, well, no, I, just don't, sort of I don't. just sort glossing have over cancer. it, and I'm like,
0: what? Oh,
2: this was, like, seven years ago? Yes, yes. but it's, it's just fresh for It's us. Yes, we just okay. found this out. Yeah, but I don't have bone cancer, and I never well, did. Yeah, that's
1: <gasps> not the point. <laughs> hmm.
2: Okay, fair enough. <laughs> We're feeling
0: for what you went through at that moment. Yeah. We're empathizing with you, just...
2: Damn, Damn it.
0: it. Oh, okay. <laughs> don't be a <laughs> sure. dick about it, okay? <laughs> no, God. I'm not. I just, i was I, it's I'm just like, oh, I don't have
2: it. Yay. <laughs> but yeah, no, I get it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like I, I sort of felt for that little bit there in a way. In the ready room, Janeway is sort of staring out the window. And then Jutrell comes in says that he's been studying the transporter system. And she's like you fucker, you should be helping Neelix. Don't you think that this isn't more important? Who are you looking at my transporter device? And he's like, it's exactly why I was looking at it. It's going to help Neelix. He thinks so he can synthesize a cure from the like, Metrion cloud that's all hanging around Rhinax. Mm-hmm. And Janeway's like, oh, ho, ho. my bone just hit peak strength.
1: Yeah, he blinded her with science again, because at this <laughs> point she should <laughs> have been... <laughs>
2: questioning Jotrell's motives.
1: <laughs> blinded by science. He did. He blinded her with science. He did.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. And Jane was like, all right, cool. We need to, how can we make this science work? Blana can do this. Tom can do this. We can go back to Rhynax. We can do all this. We can get a big old tub of shit from the planet and everything will be happy. And then she's like, okay, set a course to the Talaxian system. And is like, uh, uh, that's a significant detour, Captain. <laughs> We're
1: not trying to go home. Go back to Rhinex.
2: Like, where is the Talaxian system in relation to where we picked up Kess from on Akampa? Probably like, are they close. close? Because they've been going a long time. Yep. Like, they've been going for, I guess, like 10 months by now or something. So and then they just go back. It goes back to what Kennedy's saying. It's like, "Just go in the one fucking direction. Just keep <laughs> going straight." But no. But then again, it is saving Neelix's life.
0: But is it though? So they think.
2: Mm, True, because she didn't really look into that too much, did she?
0: No, she really didn't. Science boner. She was just. Yep. Science boner wins again.
2: Oh.
1: Okay. Do
0: we do we have an option now for that instead of right way, wrong way, Janeway, science boner? <laughs> it is taken over the dumb way It is now Science Boner <laughs> Science Boner
2: We probably could but then I think every episode would be Science
0: Boner <laughs> <laughs> We'd have to rename the podcast Yeah we No you don't want to do that it's such a brilliant yeah. name
2: <laughs> So what is it then
0: I think it's The Janeway, Janeway. You think sure. it's Janeway again Because <laughs> yep. okay. Science Boner Yep yeah.
2: And here was me going into this episode thinking, I think everything's the right way. <laughs> I think I was maybe affected by it. <laughs> oh, and then like, as uh, Jotaro was walking out of the ready room, he sort of has this, like, stumble in a way. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, no, it's just fine. I'm just excited. Again, he must That's have where she should have been enough. questioning him. And that's not mm-hmm. all right. And Janeway's just like, something seems fishy, but she doesn't twig. She doesn't twig, like you say.
1: It's all good, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, I get to science. I don't I care. I can
2: write a paper. I can get a Nobel Prize in the Delta <laughs> Quadrant.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I bet Janeway, like, grew up thinking she could get a Nobel Prize and she ended up as the captain of a science vessel. Do you reckon? Hmm. Worse, even if they have Nobel Prizes. No, the, um... Oh, what's oh, the what thing that the Bashir prize? won?
0: Oh. oh. Um, got nothing.
2: No, I can't remember oh, either. I can't think of
0: it. <laughs> Somebody knows. Someone Somebody is shouting it right now. Patrick Garland, I'm looking sp- at you. He's mm-hmm. just <laughs> screaming at the top of his lungs what it is.
2: In Sick Bay, the EMH just turns himself off because he's not needed. And I'd have I been pissed off that, oh, I'm not required in my own Sick Bay, but anyway.
0: I was just going to say if that was Season 3 Doctor, he would have totally been pissed off, but it's not oh, that
2: yeah. yeah, not quite there yet. Uh, and then Neelix says that is it anything but science that makes your heartbeat faster? And I'm just, <laughs> just like, uh, huh, lol. <laughs> Should be saying that to Janeway. <laughs> so, and then he's like, what he would have done Neelix would have just done a military base, etc. And the civilian deaths are like not required. But then in your head, you're just like, well, civilian deaths are more impactful, which is exactly what the Mm -hmm. Americans and the British and I think the Russian and the French or whatever it was, um, went for with Hiroshima and Nagasaki.
0: To be fair, there was a large military presence in Hiroshima. However, still more civilians died. I mean, Mm -hmm. like a huge ratio of civilians died compared to a very small ratio of military
2: I'm not sure if either of you have been there, but it. when I went there, I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, you just felt weird. It's a beautiful city, like, obviously, because it's all new and etc. because most of it was destroyed. But the Peace Park, I think it's called the Peace Park, is beautiful. And it's also so sad when you go into, like, the memorial part of it. Mm-hmm. And they've got, like, clothes and things that were worn by people. And then you've got the black rain that fell. And then I was already thinking about that because I was thinking that, oh, yeah, civilian impact would have more impact killing heaps of people who are innocent. And the fact that they chose Hiroshima by the topography, etc., and they were going to go for Kyoto, mm-hmm. um, but they decided not to go for Kyoto because there was too much history there. So like they planned their place, not only just on like Lots of people would die because otherwise they'd have just shoved it on Tokyo. But they wanted to preserve the heritage as well of Japan so that they can get through at the end. There was, like, thinking involved in where they dropped it. They should never have fucking dropped it in the first place, let's face it. Mm. But I was already thinking about, like, at that point of the episode where me having been to Hiroshima and the things that I've read all about it when I was there. And then we start listening to the conversation between Jutrell and Neelix about the deaths and the consequences of it. Mm-hmm. And then we get Neelix's story about Palaxia. Yeah. Ooh. And this is where I'm just like, holy fuck. This, mm-hmm. it, it, it sent me, even I almost cried. And I'm, I haven't watched this episode for four or five years and I forgot just how well that scene was done. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you could actually it- see the visuals of
0: what
3: mm-hmm. Neelix was describing.
0: Just- was describing It's mm. it's it's beautifully <sighs> written mm-hmm. but it is also so well done by ethan phillips mm-hmm. because he is he is speaking so quietly mm-hmm. so so normally as if he's telling you know just any kind of story but he's he's recounting these horrible horrible things that he saw Mm-hmm. And, and his
2: eyes. And his oh, eyes weren't there. Yeah,
0: yeah, yes. His eyes
2: were there on Rinax. And mm-hmm. it's like, shit, that's acted so well. So well. And I think
0: one of the best e- uh, Ethan Phillips has ever portrayed. Yes. Mm.
2: Definitely. Yeah, Ethan Phillips says himself that he thinks to Charles one of the best episodes that featured Neelix. Yes. I mean, some of the others like Rise and all of that. <laughs> Bad. But... The whole thing about Palaxia and, like, that that poor child. It's the first time I've watched this episode since having gone to Hiroshima and having seen just those, like, artifacts, etc. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, man. It just it made it feel even more real to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just makes me think that I really hope that never happens on the planet again. Yeah. But it probably yeah. will. Because yeah. I'm, pers- I'm pessimistic. Well, it has to.
0: Or else we can't get to the Star Trek future. Yeah,
2: that is true. When does World War III start?
0: Mm, In about was it forty years? Something. (laughs) Well, probably not quite that, because there's time afterwards. So I'm gonna, I can't remember when World War III starts, but it's. uh,
2: I think it's only fifty-two years till the Vulcans come, right?
0: Yeah, I think you're right. In any case. Mm.
1: I'll meet everybody in Montana.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm close by, so that mm-hmm. won't be too hard for me. But and but th- this is- Neelix tells the story after Jitrell tells his story about how, you know, his wife left him and took their children and mm-hmm. I'm just like mm. You're
2: supposed to feel sorry for that?
0: Yeah. And it's just like here, hold my beer. <laughs> 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 and then and then Neelix just really lays it out, yeah. Mm. And yeah, you you see Jutrell get emotional. Mm-hmm. He gets emotional, and that single mm-hmm. tear, yeah, Ugh. just that. Yeah. Again, James Sloyan, you are amazing.
2: It's also like when you think about it in a way, in a in a TV show that would be airing now, that trauma would be constantly behind Neelix. And mm-hmm. it's just the, mm-hmm. the sad product of 90s television that you don't hear any of this shit again, except for little bits in Mortal Coil in the future.
1: Uh uh. But there's a problem with that, and we'll get to that later.
2: With Mortal Coil? Yeah, well, yeah. Mm.
1: No, okay. what what is described here and how it lines up with Mortal Coil.
2: Oh, he didn't describe that he had a sister. In not at all. Mm. He He mentioned his younger brothers brothers, His mother and his father Mm -hmm. Where the
1: hell is Alexia
2: Well she's on a ship With the Deans (laughs)
0: Well that's our Alexia
2: (laughs) That's our Alexia that's right
0: (laughs) I was gonna say wait a minute That's your (laughs) guys I remember that episode
2: Um, It's one of our most popular Apparently as well This is very entertaining (laughs) So, then we go to the dark sex cabin with Neelix talking to Jatrell. And it's talking all about coward, etc. And that I was like, oh, this is a cool scene. This is probably a dream. I don't quite remember this bit. But then fucking Kes shows up as Polaxia. Third degree burn, Kes. I do not remember that. And I'm like, whoa. That was some awesome makeup. It's like way to increase the imagery even more. Mm-hmm.
0: It yeah that was hard for me because <clears throat> and this is not you know the same situation but was when I was 5 years old my father was in a really bad explosion at his work oh. and he was uh burned very badly in fact wasn't uh expected to survive oh, wow. and he, the the way that he was burned actually his his torso wasn't that burned but his extremities were Mm. really we're talking like third degree burns and uh, they had to take skin grafts from his chest and put them on his arms and legs because the burns were that bad and it was a couple of years before my dad was really you know like up and around and walking man And I don't know how my mom did that with three young children working and taking care of my father. I honestly do not know how she goes through that, how she went through that. They would not let me see my dad in the hospital.
3: Mm. So I don't. Yeah,
0: exactly. But when he came home, you know, I did get Mm -hmm. to see the aftermath, not for a long time. It was months before mom let us see dad. And I got really excited when my mom let me help feed my dad one day, because mm. I just finally got to spend time with him. But his his face, like the only place on his face that hadn't been burned, was where he'd had goggles on. Oh my wow! Gosh. And Fuck. so, so when <coughs> I saw that, I was triggered super yeah. bad, super bad.
2: But yeah, I don't I don't remember that part of the episode, so. That's I
0: didn't either. And I was triggering. unprepared for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was unprepared.
2: So it turns out that he was ending up talking to himself in his dream. And then he had the sudden light wake up. And he woke up very sweaty.
0: he It, it looks like someone sweaty. had put Vaseline on him. <laughs> it just didn't look right. You guys. It's like
1: too much glycerin. Something's yep, too much there.
0: glycerin. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what they did for sweat. They yeah. they had to spray glycerin or else it would, it would just, just evaporate. evaporate under the lights. Mm. So.
2: Mm. Oh, it's just gross. It is um, gross. On the bridge, they arrive at Rhynax, which is kind of nice that we saw Rhinax and had all the swirling clouds of poison Metreon gas uh, wandering around the atmosphere. And I sort of was sitting at this point and saying they've given the most ridiculous character on the show – the hardest possible storyline of the whole season. Mm-hmm. So it's it's it was a welcome change to the character and it sort of is a turning point, I think, for Neelix in the show until he goes back again and does some stupid shit. Yeah. But anyway.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Blame the writers.
2: Mm. Down in engineering, Jichero was like, "Oh, this isn't going to be enough. This isn't <sighs> going to be enough particles." And Balana is like,
1: explaining to Balana.
2: He was. And then Bilala turns around for. and goes, trust me, we do this all the time. It's like, what, beaming random shit onto the starship that you shouldn't? Yep. Beaming a random sun onto the starship? It's what we beaming- do. It's just what we do. <laughs> it's like, trust me, we've we beamed weird as shit onto this ship. Fuck off. Y- you've the met the captain. Because,
0: yeah, it's like science boners are responsible yeah. for all of that.
2: Yeah. Mm hmm. I mean, the science boners are responsible for a lot of shit, clearly. hmm And they don't have a good track record of... The science boner, boner is science.
1: why she didn't bone Chakotay.
2: Because he doesn't have a science boner?
1: No, because she was more interested in the damn monkey.
2: Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She... Oh. Should have just gone for human boners. I don't know. Bloody hell, Janeway. <laughs> uh, so we go to see Kess, who's trying to find Neelix in the mess hall. Um... But it turns out that he's hiding on the floor of the kitchen, which again is another another awful, heartbreaking scene. He just wants to yeah. be alone, crying and... Took off his combat.
1: Yeah.
3: Mm. mm
2: And it turns out that Neelix lied all along about being in the defense force. He wasn't um, protecting Talax from the Harkonnians. He didn't report. And he thinks that he's a coward.
1: He was being a conscientious objector. Yes, He was
2: not a coward. And to him, war is not worth it. And I have very much the same view. I have a really weird opinion of war that always gets me into trouble. So I never normally mention it. Um, But I have to totally agree with Kez here. Mm -hmm. Like she was like, so you were going to risk your life. To do something that you believe in, yeah. I don't think that's being a coward. That's noble. Hmm. Yeah. Mm. And again, Cass just fucking smashes it out of the ballpark with knowing the right things to say. Yeah.
0: Very smart. Not judging him, mm-hmm. but being a counterpoint to what he's saying because mm-hmm. he's so hell bent on blaming himself, and she's bringing this this kind of well, it's like devil's advocate, but opposite because it's actually. It's like you're not a bad person and here's mm. you know think about this this mm-hmm. is how other people might see that mm-hmm. so again wise beyond her years yeah. even for an accompan so yeah yeah it's a, it's she's really great in this scene
2: yeah she's i i'm just i'm not even going to bother bringing up cass everyone knows my views on cass so um sickbay detrell overrides the mh and turns him off and you're like oh here we go here's a twist and does some weird shit and gets some gloopy stuff in a container
1: now can't the doctor just turn himself back on at this point if he can turn right. himself off Yeah, right. well, that's
2: what i thought like,
3: but that's apparently weird. not that is maybe weird.
2: maybe he doesn't have that kind of autonomy as yet Maybe they haven't built that into his system. Maybe they thought, oh, you can turn yourself off, but we you can only come back when we want you.
0: Hmm. Well, he was very upset that people would just leave sickbay and not have the courtesy to turn him off. And so he would just be sitting there doing nothing.
3: Mm-hmm. But then they'd turn him off in the middle of
0: an experiment. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was, yeah. Jatrell was sneaky. He was paying attention that first mm-hmm. time that the doctor deactivated mm-hmm. himself. Actually, he was so gleeful about that. I thought, well, that's coming back later.
2: <laughs> no, no, right. <laughs> <laughs> Neelix turns up and Jatrell's like, no, 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 no. Let's, let's go this way. Don't look over here. There's nothing happening over here. Don't worry about that. And then Neelix sees the problem and he gets hypoed by Jitrell. Janeway tries to call sickbay and activates the EMH, and she realises Jotrell has been trying to leave the ship and has been doing dodgy shit all along, which is like, oh, well done, Captain Janeway. You should have realised that. She should have figured it out, and she would have,
1: if not for Science Boner. Science Boner. boner.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Do you reckon we could name this episode Science Boner?
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> two on the nose. Or a two on the <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, two on the two on the tip um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so th- i was gonna say head but tip works <laughs> yeah. it's <all> right. sorry. <laughs> i'm so sorry no actually i'm not no uh, let's be honest i'm really not sorry
2: no neither am i <laughs> uh, so we go to the transporter room now which is probably the longest time i think we ever spend in the transporter room in voyager um Janeway thinks that he's sort of losing credibility because, you know, he tried to, well, he, he, what's the word? Um, Rehypnol, that'll do. He horse-trained Neelix (laughs) and sort of turned the EMH off. But Jatrell's like, no, I can bring all the victims back. And Jatrell wants them to look at the science. And Janeway's (laughs) like, hold on a minute. Hold on. (laughs) This hand is up. This is about to be the biggest science boner of the decade. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And Janeway listens. I think that's kind of rude, the way that she did that to Neelix, don't you?
0: Yeah, but science boner. It makes her irrational. It does. (laughs) Even when Tuvok says, no,
2: Captain,
1: you know it's not going to work.
2: Right way, wrong way, wrong way, talking to Neelix like that, probably. Probably. You just want to go Janeway again, don't you?
1: <laughs> it's a total Janeway. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It's the Janewayest of the Janeways.
2: That mm. is true. It is the hand. Yes. Uh, so, we find out about the whole reconstruction and reanimation of basically dead people. So, Jatrara wants to turn particles into <laughs> zombies, basically. So, he's now
1: Frankenstein.
2: Yeah. <laughs> the Harkonian Frankenstein. And Tuvok thinks it's fucked. And then J-May actually agrees. She's like, oh, this, this, this. I don't put my boner in this kind of science. <laughs> so, and then find out that Neelix doesn't actually have matremia. But then J-May's like, persuaded by Neelix to, and Jotrell to actually try it. So j like, okay, fine. Fine. Just the tip. We'll try. And... Again, (laughs) I I don't know. I mean, should she have tried it after Neelix begging her?
0: Janeway. (laughs) Well, the thing here's the thing that I thought about this scene because I'm like, okay, you don't think the science is going to work, but you don't know that 100%. So, you know, there's the science part of me is like, what is the harm in trying? Mm -hmm. What is the Mm -hmm. worst that could happen? You fail and everything's just as it was before mm-hmm. but then you start to get into the ethics of it and it's like do we have a right to try to reanimate these people mm. and nobody brings that up
3: ethics oh, doesn't gosh, bother no. jane
0: in the least <laughs> no, she sure does she saw Ever. a problem
2: she's going to try and fix it
0: mm-hmm.
2: even if she wasn't asked to fix the problem <laughs> she's going to
1: try and mm-hmm. fix the
0: problem she's going to she's gonna try to fix it Bing bong.
2: Captain Janeway to aisle five. We have a problem you need to fix. <laughs> yeah. That's now now you're saying it that way, it's a Janeway, because she doesn't think about mm-hmm. the ethics. Mm-hmm. I,
3: yeah.
2: I I I will bring Sonic Up later actually. But yeah, okay, I'll put it down as another Janeway. <laughs> <It> really, <laughs> clearly we got a winner on this one. Um, so they try it, it doesn't work, things are going wrong. And then they end up cancelling it. And it's kind of like an intense scene in a way because they're like, quick, make it to 120%. Hold the pattern buffer. We're losing cohesion, blah, blah, blah. And it's actually quite intense because you really wanted it to work Mm -hmm. because you thought, oh, it would really make Neelix's life better. But it doesn't. It fails. And then after it fails, Dutrell has this, oh, like such a dramatic fall at like such a convenient time. And that was probably my least favourite part of the episode.
1: That was the only yeah. thing keeping him alive.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a fair
3: point. Was the hope yeah. of bringing bring those hope. people back. The
0: hope and the determination. And with this final failure, he knew he didn't have time to test anything else, to mm-hmm. try anything else. Mm. And so he just, his body just finally gave up. Because yep. basically he was just powering through with, you know, the mind over matter, so mm-hmm. to speak. And once all of that was gone and there was nothing left to do, it's just, psh, that's the end it, of that.
2: That's true. That, that reminds me of um, when I went on a cruise and then me and Jordan became, I won't call it friends, but we became like talkative with one of the crew. And I asked, is there like a morgue on the ship? And, and she was like, yeah, no, there yeah, is. I'm like, well, does it really ever get used? And she's yes, like, it does. Not really all the time in these kind of trips, but there are certain trips that it does get used a lot. And I'm like, really? She's like, yeah. She says probably the most famous place for having or piling up bodies in the morgue are all the old people once they go through the Panama Canal. And apparently, a Panama Canal is one of those like things that people really want to see in their life, and then they go through it and then they die.
0: Yeah, well, I did see the love boat go through it, and it was pretty (laughs) impressive. So, (laughs) the Panama Canal, yeah. There's an episode where they went through the Panama Canal. I am not shitting you. This I saw on television when I was a child.
2: Okay. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Honestly, I don't understand why it was such a big deal. I mean, I understand why the Panama Canal is a big deal, obviously. But I didn't understand why going through it was such a big deal. But they Mm -hmm. made it into such a production. Because basically, it's like, okay, you go in here, you stop, you wait for the waters to rise or fall, depending on where you are in the locks. And then you move on to the next one, and you wait for the (laughs) waters to rise. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it seems pretty basic. But no, it's just, there's all of this fanfare, and there's... Fireworks! It is just. (laughs) I'm like, wow, they're just going through a canal, but okay, (laughs) just just go to the Erie Canal.
2: Everything. The what? The
0: Erie Canal,
2: same thing. What? Mm -hmm. Where's that?
1: In upstate New York, through
2: Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I was shocked by it as well, and they also said the similar sort of thing happens at the Suez Canal as well, and I'm like, seriously.
1: Did Isaac have a special drink made up for going through the Panama Canal?
0: I almost, I I cannot remember because let's face it, it's probably (laughs) been 40 years since I saw this. But I wouldn't be surprised. I'm going to look this episode up on Wikipedia (laughs) before we sign off. Because Because if he didn't, I'm very disappointed. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Isaac was the man. He was the man.
2: I was not expecting this to go down to the love boat.
0: Hey, I can bring the love boat into absolutely anything.
2: We know. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, if you don't know what I'm referring to, Brandy and I used to host a show called The Edge, and she created a space love boat song. Yes. It's very good. Very exciting.
0: Mm. It's very silly.
2: (laughs) It's one of my highlights of doing that show.
0: Well, that's lovely. Thank you.
2: So Jutrell is now in bay because the captain's log or Sonic said that she or he was way too ill and is going to spend his final days in bay. Neelix enters with Jutrell dying and Neelix wants to tell him something. Now, I don't think Neelix wanted to say that he forgived Jutrell. I don't think that's what he wanted to say. But when he saw that Dutrell was basically on death's door, that's what came out of his mouth. mm mm-hmm. um, I don't- I don't know. I thought it was an interesting ending, because I, I, I kind of don't think I would have wanted Neelix to forgive Juttrell. It sort of wraps it up in a little bow.
1: I think it's what Neelix needed, because as he's walking out, yeah. you can see he's lighter. A, a giant weight has been lifted from him that he didn't even realize was there.
3: Mm.
0: Yes, that's what I was going to say. He didn't forgive Jitrell for Jitrell's sake. He did it for his own sake. And I think that was absolutely okay. what he meant to do.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I
2: get that. I just, that that puts a different light on the end of the story, actually. Yeah. I'll take it. But then Jutrell dies, but I'm not sure if he actually died or whether this is just because it's on a 60-inch TV. He's dead. You can still see him
0: breathing. He's
3: He's dead. That was just air escaping. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It was just the last few pumps of air through his lungs, Mm -hmm. and then he was completely still. Yep.
2: And then he died. And then that's the end of the episode.
0: Yeah, I was crying through basically the second half of all that. From Neelix's story to the end was just me just kind of like, okay, I'm fine. I'm k- okay. Okay, no. No, I'm not fine. I'm not fine again. And then I'm, no, I'm fine. Okay, not fine again. So, yeah.
2: Mm. Are that your final thoughts on the episode, Brandy? <laughs>
0: yeah, pretty much. Um, it's honestly, I think both Ethan Phillips and James Sloyan just really make this work. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. knock it out of the park. And I think that they are the highlight of this episode, as they should be. Yes. And, you know, Janeway just spends the whole thing having a science boner, basically. So, (laughs) I mean, I've I've never seen her have so many science boners this early in the series. It was just one
1: prolonged boner.
0: Yeah. It was like she'd taken, you know, Viagra.
1: Viagra. She took too much.
0: She, she needs too to much contact size her doctor. Yeah, she because that boner lasted more than four. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it did. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I'm just dragging you all down with me. <laughs> we were already there.
2: <laughs> yeah, pretty much, definitely always, always at the bottom of the barrel. We are, aren't we, Suzanne? In the what do you gutter. do you think of Chitrell, Suzanne?
0: Not enough chicote.
2: Oh, he was only in like one scene, and that was only mm-hmm. for like a few sentences. Same with Balana. Harry wasn't mm-hmm. even in it, was he?
0: No, he said uh, something. He, he did say something he, in the very beginning. I don't remember. Don't remember what.
2: Oh, well, he's entirely forgettable anyway.
0: I did yeah. enjoy
2: uh,
1: Neelix and Tuvok hanging out playing pool. So it's the that start was of their awkward bromance.
2: A bromance in the sex cabin. With Tom there, oh my goodness.
0: Ew, threesome.
2: Not sure that's something I would pay for. (laughs) I'm open to a lot. And I think that's a step too far.
3: Wow,
0: that's fair. (laughs) (laughs)
2: I guess in my thoughts for Jutrell is that this is one of those episodes that I don't watch on occasion. And I thought, oh, Jutrell, it's a Neelix episode. I know it's an alright episode. I think, again, it's something that I haven't watched for four or five years. I remembered pretty much everything that happens in this episode, but I didn't realise it was as good as it was. And I appreciate... It in a different way than I used to, to the point where I could argue that it's in a way in a similar vein to how Duet makes me feel from the beginning of Deep Space Nine, season one, because mm-hmm. of the impactfulness of it.
0: Good so, point. hmm
2: That's 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 how I feel. But now we have the all important Tally Tally.
0: I wonder what it will be. Oh my goodness, mm. I'm going to be so surprised.
2: I know. We've got half a point for the right way, which is hilarious because I actually thought a lot of this stuff could arg- be argued to be the right way. But then you're like, no, 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 this is stupid. And then I'm like, yeah, no, I just got boners in my head. So, I mean, clearly fine. So, it's like every other day. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much like boners in my face all the time. Um, one for the wrong way. And one, two, three, four and a half points for the Jane way. <laughs> This is the most Jane Wayiest episode. This is unusual ever.
1: because when we usually have a guest, it's almost always a tie and our guest mm-hmm. is the tiebreaker.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So I mean now sorry, Brandy. St- you, yeah. you you did tie us earlier. You did tiebreak us earlier. It's so a- yeah, this this is the Jane Wayiest episode of season <laughs> yes. one so far.
0: I'm so pleased that I was here for that.
2: <laughs> hmm Yes, well done. And you will be back in Season 2
0: oh, yes.
2: before Threshold.
1: Oh, boy. Betcha. Oh,
3: boy. hmm
2: Depending what we feel like and if there's a epi- beginning episode of Season 2 that you want to jump on, by all means, have a think. Uh, but it's been absolutely lovely having you, my dear.
0: Oh, thank you. It's been absolutely lovely being here. Thank you so much. Yay!
2: hmm <laughs> Do you want to tell our three listeners... Where? We have four.
1: We have four <laughs> listeners.
2: Oh, we have four. Yes. Who's the four? I know one's Brandy, one's me, and one's you, Suzanne. Who's our four? Patrick. Oh, yes. Patrick, Patrick, yes. Oh, and then there's Karen. I know Karen listens, and then... Boz listened to our last Oh, yes. One. Maybe we've got ten listeners, because I know oh. um, Pot Noodle in the UK listens. I've forgotten your <laughs> name. Noodle. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I've forgotten your name.
0: That's the best name. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I know yeah. that's actually a fair fear to listen, but that's all good. Um, but yeah, why don't you tell everyone where you can find your Brandy?
0: Well, the easiest place to know what the hell I'm doing is to just find me on Twitter, which is at Brandy Wine 12. Brandy's with an I, 12 is a number. And you'll see me post about other things that are coming out, like What the Future Holds, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. Yay. And the aforementioned Bolly Go, a Strange New Worlds podcast. Yay. And... Um, yeah, and a live show has has returned. The Unready Room is back. Yay! Yay. Uh, currently on Saturday nights at 7pm Mountain Time. Figure it out for yourselves, guys. I'm not doing the math for you. And uh, that's with my good friend Dan Gunther, and sometimes Bruce Gibson as well when his daughter's not home visiting from college.
2: <laughs> and- Bruce has been on this show as well.
0: Yes, he has. And uh, as of this recording, our next episode is going to be covering Star Trek IV The Voyage Home. Which Ooh, the one with the whales. The, the whale one, yes. Which, uh, from Star Trek III on, we were actually seeing the movies in the theater as a family. I was too young to see the emotion picture in Wrath of Khan in theaters, because my parents were sensible people who didn't take small children to movie theaters. Ah, oh, fair enough. <laughs> yeah so uh and i do a podcast with my husband called the dark corner podcast which you can find at dark corner podcast no just dark corner no, dark corner you can find uh, it somewhere
2: i don't know where my own shit is but you can find it
0: dark corner podcast.com the thing that trips me up is that uh my husband also is co-host with me on what the future holds and he's usually the one that talks about the dark corner podcast so i haven't done that in a freaking forever so, yeah, find me on those places and stuff and things mm-hmm. and yeah. And eventually yeah. head cannon. Eventually head cannon. I have been so slow in updating that. Um coronavirus has been really weird, you guys, and it's been a weird time. And there were other things that ended up taking precedence, but um but I've got a head full of weird stuff that needs to be discussed with myself, so. <laughs> Someday soon there's going to be a new headcanon, which you can also find at darkcornerpodcast.com.
2: Someday soon another podcast, another something. I don't know the words to the song. Uh, so anyway, thanks, Brandy, and thank you, everyone, for tuning in to us. We really appreciate all of you who take the time to listen to us talk about boners, apparently. Uh, we would also love it if you subscribed and gave us all of the stars and leave us a review. I did get excited this morning because there was a review that came <gasps> up on my thing, and it turned what? out that the review was for a different podcast that I'm following, and it wasn't for us. So then oh. I was very disappointed, and I blame everyone except for Damn it. me. You got my hopes up, dude. I know. See, this now you know how I felt at 7.30 this morning when I jumped onto that app that tells me about the reviews we get, and it wasn't. It was a really dumb review for the Enterprise podcast for our network, which I thought was funny, but <sighs> really annoying because they got a one-star review because they're like, this isn't about The Expanse. And it's like, it's not oh misleading. God. While it's called The Expanse, there is a picture of the Enterprise crew. And it says, a Star Trek Enterprise podcast. How is it misleading?
0: <laughs> and they used the term The Expanse before The Expanse was a thing.
2: Mm hmm. Yeah.
0: Many, many years before The Expanse
2: mm-hmm. was a thing. So that's a pretty bad review. Anyway, Suzanne, where can we find you online?
1: Well, you can find me on the aforementioned Boldly Go, A Strange New Worlds podcast. You can also find me on Twitter at KJaneway8. Or if you like stained glass and Star Trek, you can find me at Stained Sass.
2: Or the picture you sent me of the new Voyager one you're making.
1: Yeah. Oh, I sent you the so one with the Borg
2: cubes, didn't It is I? so good. I oh. can't wait to finish it. <laughs> it's so good.
1: And Liam, where can we find you online?
2: You can find me on Twitter at LS74656. And that is all.
1: Just remember to follow us on Twitter at thejane_way underscore Way and on our Facebook listeners group, The Nexus. Until next time, remember to keep doing things not the right way, not the wrong way, but the Jane way.
2: And get a big raging science boner from it.
0: Like you did.
3: Time's up.
0: This show is brought to you by Hollow Sweet Media. Computer, list other available Hollow Sweet Media programs.
2: Loading Hollow Sweet Review program for her first trek, a Star Trek review podcast. You, have you ever, ever heard of the Spock?
1: No, but I'm doing the hand movements, so I know exactly what it so, is. So
2: uh, I used to work for a guy, brilliant guy, good good mate, who used to joke about Spocking people. Where is this going? And it was like if you didn't, if you didn't bust your ass in work, he was going to spock you.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, that's...
2: Oh. I mean, nowadays, you couldn't really say that stuff. No. And you can only assume, if you put yourself in the... If you do the Live Long and Prosper uh, gesture, you imagine, look at the hand, and if it's used in a sexual context of how one might be spocking someone, so you might be entering two different places, so to speak.
0: I think you should edit this out.
2: Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, Ladies' Trek Library, a podcast by women with a passion for Star Trek books. The
1: author of this book, Dana Kramer Rolls, this is the only Star Trek book she's ever written, which would explain why I've never okay. read anything from her before. Yeah, I, think I heard that she did write some other sci-fi books, but no other Star Trek. Yeah, and she does seem like like she's a fan. It's, from the way she handled the characters, I, I would say she is a fan of Star Trek. Yeah, I definitely got the feeling that she was a fan um, and knew the characters. She has a Ph.D. in folklore and history of religions. Cool. So that makes sense.
2: Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, Starbase 1, the Star Trek Online Podcast. I don't really think
0: that's a good idea.
1: I order you to do it right now.
3: Warning, the structural integrity field has collapsed.
0: This is Admiral Quinn. You will
1: be assigned to Starbase 1.
0: Welcome to Starbase 1. I'm Colin.
1: I'm Admiral Aaron.
0: I'm Dave. I'm Steve. And I'm Tom. Starbase One is a dedicated Star Trek Online podcast. If you're a first-time listener, hello. If you're a dedicated decade listener and you've been wondering where the hell we are, we're back. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.